The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. I spent the entire last couple of days installing new software. And for the most part, I'm okay. But now that I have Windows 10 running on the sole PC in the house, uh, the new Windows, the new uh, Outlook 2016 keeps, keeps crashing on me. Don't know why. Oh, I installed the new uh, Mac OS operating system. And once it got through the entire procedure, right to the very end, mm. the very last dialog box that popped up was, oh, that particular piece of software that you use every single day, well, that's incompatible. So we're just going to put that in a special folder. Which one? Pro Tools. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the best advice you can give to a non-nerd is never upgrade your computer until you run it past the geeks first. Yes. Well, I'm glad you ran this past me and I ran this past you because you just saved me from what sounds like a week's with a hurt. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. The last time your Toronto Blue Jays were in the playoffs, MP3s hadn't been invented and Taylor Swift was still in diapers. Stop trying to make Mean Girls Day happen. It's not going to happen. We'll look at the soundtrack for the post-John Hughes generation. And we're giving away an incredible pair of wireless headphones from Parrot. Plus, what your smartphone choice tells you about your sexual preferences. You will not like this, trust us. Guests of Geeks and Beats stay at the luxurious Trump Hotel in downtown Toronto. Because when you think class, you think Trump. And now, Alan Cross. Michael Hainsworth. Now, I don't know much about baseball. I don't even know how many periods there are in it. But I do remember <laughs> the last time the Blue Jays were in the playoffs. It was 1993, and the city of Toronto went nuts. What do you want? Let's play ball. Yeah, it was a pretty good time. They uh, won the division title by beating the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, they went on to win the World Series with Joe Carter's big home run. It was a very big deal. Then the next year was the strike, and everybody lost interest. Well, certainly I did, and I have not been back into baseball until just recently. It had been suggested to me that that actually was a genuine issue and that it's been a generation that has lost its interest in baseball because of that exact thing. No, that's exactly what happened with me because leading up to the strike, I could have, I knew all the pitching rotations. I knew the batting order, frontwards and backwards. I would stay up late to listen to the West Coast games on the radio, the whole thing. I was a hard core baseball fan. But when all these strikes started happening in the 90s and the early 2000s, it really soured my taste for sports. And it's taken until now to have a winning team in Toronto, which is a very rare thing, uh, for me to get back into, in, into any kind of professional sports. So I'm glad that the Blue Jays are doing well because, you know, I, I'm actually enjoying watching baseball again. A lot has changed 
since October 1st, 1993. Not the least of which, we were still eight years away from the iPod and they hadn't even finished dotting the I's, crossing the T's in the MP3 format either. Well, that's true. And Steve Jobs was still not back at Apple. He was still working for Next Computer at the time. Kurt Cobain was still alive. Michael Jackson was still alive. And we had just heard about the allegations of child molestation out of Jackson at that point. This is true. It was in the summer of 1993 that he began to be investigated on these uh, these kitty charges, which turned out to be very, very severe and basically brought him down um, over the rest of the decade. These statements about me are totally false. As I have maintained from the very beginning, I am hoping for a speedy end to this horrifying, horrifying experience to which I have been subjected. I shall not in this statement respond to all of the false allegations being made against me, since my lawyers have advised me that this is not the proper forum in which to do that. Well, that was the initial smoke that ultimately led to the fire that ended up leading him down that path to ultimately losing a fair amount of cash, am I right? Oh yeah, I mean, he had to settle everything out of court, he had all kinds of uh, legal issues that he had to uh, deal with. Um, He ended up putting a lot of his music publishing up as collateral because he was spending so much money and not bringing money in. And in the end, he lost a big chunk of what he owned to his record label because he could not pay back what he owed them. In 1993, Taylor Swift was three years old. Yes. Now, can we make the segue from Taylor Swift being three years old the last time the Blue Jays won a division title into the curse of Taylor Swift? Is this a thing? This is this is definitely a thing. Now, oh, I got to look this up. on. No, the no, no. I will explain everything to you. Okay. So the Blue Jays are in the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. I am very, very superstitious about this whole thing. I mean, I got the rabbit's feet, the horseshoes. I'm rubbing the heads of uh, random bald guys. I'm prepared <clears throat> to do it all. <laughs> but I don't know how to get around this Taylor Swift curse. You got that James Dean daydream look in your eye. And I got that red lip classic thing that you like. And when we go crashing down, we come back every time. We never go out of style. We never go out of style. ESPN pointed this out. Every time that Taylor Swift has performed in a team's ballpark, that team goes into a slump. I'm going to give you some evidence here. July 13th and 14th, she played two shows at Nationals Park in Washington. The team then goes into a terminal swoon, going from being a favorite to win the World Series this year to being out of the playoffs. What's more is that their players actually started brawling with each other in the dugout. And, just to make it extra spooky, the lights at Nationals Park went out July 16th, forcing the team to suspend a game with the Dodgers. Okay, so that's one, the Washington Nationals. August 29th, Taylor Swift plays Petco Park in San Diego. The Padres stink, but they've been, they they stunk stunk extra more since that show. Their record was uh, 11 and 21 or something like that. (laughs) Okay. So she cursed them. September the 9th, Swift plays at the home of the Houston Astros, Minute Maid Park. At that point, the Astros had a two-game lead on Texas in the American League West. After Swift played their park, the Astros lost seven of their next ten. And Texas went on to win that division. 
As a matter of fact, the show that we were talking about here, the one in September, was supposed to have been held in October. But because Houston got off to such a great start, it was decided to move the show up so there wouldn't be any conflicts with the playoffs. So, uh-oh, that's a concern. Um, w- w- wait a minute. Didn't Taylor Swift just play Sky Dome like two days ago? Two sold-out shows at Rogers Center. No, no, no. I'm a Torontonian. I call it Sky Dome. Sky Dome. Okay, fine. Two sold-out shows. Okay, so they're, they're in Tampa Bay to play the Rays. They win Friday, which doesn't really count because the show, they won the game when the show was still on. She plays a second show on Saturday. The Blue Jays lose. They play their final game of the year, Sunday, and they lose big. So now I'm worried. The Taylor Swift curse had better not last from the regular season into the playoffs. So break up the crucifixes and the voodoo dolls and the ropes of garlic. Uh, we, we need to counteract this curse. Could be worse. Honey Boo Boo could have played Skydome. <laughs> Did you watch this video? Did you make it all the way through the video? I, I dare not click the link. Do I have to? Yeah, you do. Here we go. gotten me into <laughs> i know it's like you know this is an example i didn't even know honey boo boo had a real name her name's alana thompson i don't really care i've never watched a single second of the show <laughs> i only read about it and it's done right it's it's not on anymore no 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 after mama apparently got shacked up with a uh, a child molester they decided it was probably a good idea to pull the plug on the show right 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 so yeah, they they pulled the plug in the show. So they're desperate. These these hillbillies are desperate to maintain any kind of uh, fame that they might have. So they continue to exploit their child. In this particular case, they put her in front of a microphone in a recording studio and have her sing a song, which is, as you can hear, awful. And if this catches on, I think we should start praying for an extinction level asteroid event because we don't deserve as a species to live. We really don't. This is awful. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. (laughs) That's right. Bring on the Death Star. Please, please put us out of our misery. (laughs) Okay, so I've gone to what could only be the highest possible source of information for all things Honey Boo Boo, and that's a people.com. Apparently, they've been off the air for nearly a year or so, and uh, Boo Boo is uh, 10 years old, and uh, this track was made with the help of singer-songwriter Adam Barta. All right, let's find out who Adam Barta is. I'm on Wikipedia here. Oh, he's 36 years old and clearly an attention whore. Uh, He's uh, an actor-singer-songwriter from the Bronx who is, quote, known for his duets with reality stars and media personalities, in addition to uh, putting that uh, really glorious track together, and I don't know why he hasn't won awards for it, uh, with uh, Honey Boo Boo, uh, Margaret Cho, he's done work with her, (laughs) Nadia Suleiman, the Octomom, uh, 
And uh, his music career has some pretty significant highlights, according to this. I'm looking at it. says uh, he's appeared twice on the Howard Stern Show. He's hosted Spring Break on MTV. And perhaps the greatest accolade a musician could receive, Jersey Shore named his song Standing in the Rain as one of their official fist-pumping beats. God, I feel stupider just reading this. Uh, Yes, that's true. You're listening to Geeks and Beats on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Bell Media Radio Network. As we discussed last week on The Big Show uh, at geeksandbeats.com, each week one of the members of The Big Shot Show uh, decides to take on the geek beat pick of the week, and Shane Alexander has decided to uh, try to make the Mean Girls soundtrack happen. And I keep telling him, stop trying to make the Mean Girls soundtrack happen. She looks like... I mean, the movie is fine. I've never seen the film. It's, uh, you know, I... But I I think I know exactly why Shane Alexander opted to go with the Mean Girls soundtrack. Uh, Even in the intro, he describes Lindsay Lohan as, quote, even cute and innocent. Mm. Well... I guess it's maybe one of those coming-of-age movies that people really gravitated to, much like we might have gravitated to a John Hughes flick in the 1980s. But, I mean, there's some. it's a pretty decent cast. I mean, Amanda Seyfried, uh, Rachel McAdams was in this, uh, Lindsay Lohan, like you said. On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. If you are, I think, a, a, a woman, a girl, you could really, really identify with this film. But uh, as for the soundtrack being some sort of iconic thing, I mean... Well, it's not iconic, but what is is uh, a reference in the film to the date of the year, October 3rd. So now October 3rd is Mean Girls Day, or as I've just noticed uh, a typo in Shane's article, a Mean Grills Day. That might not be too far from the truth. No, but Blondie Ripper to Shreds was one of the top tracks on that soundtrack. Yeah, which would be a very good Mean Girls song. Uh, released in late 1977, it was the first UK single for Blondie on the Chrysalis Records label. Mm-hmm. Didn't really make a big splash in North America, did it? Uh, not really. Their big songs in North America were Call Me, Rapture, um, um, oh. Nope. Do you have to go on the Intertron? No, 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 no. That disco song, I've lost it. Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass, thank you. Yeah, and then there was a one way or another and one or two more. Blondie, however, was the biggest selling new wave, American new wave band of the era. They sold millions and millions and millions of records. Also on uh, the uh, soundtrack is Barry White's Love Theme. Or sorry, Love's Theme. That's a standard sort of song that shows up in movies and television shows a lot. Right. Barry White really got a big resurgence back in the, uh, what was it, the late 90s, early noughts uh, with the Ally McBeal. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Did you watch Ally McBeal? I watched a little bit of it. I had a bit of a thing for the Ally McBeal. Really? For a very brief time, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> and, and the guy with the remote control for his toilet. Yeah, that's a bit weird. He likes a fresh bowl. <laughs> All the time. Peaches Operate was in this film. It seems to me so strange. Check wallet for his name. His face is in the mind. 
is uh, she uh, she grew up listening to me, by the way. What's that? Yeah, she's from 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 the Toronto area. She's now living in Germany. Oh yeah, I've talked to her. She's a fan. Oh my, you're internet famous, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and uh, Pink from the 2003 album "Try This God Is a DJ." Yeah, Pink has uh, been around for a lot longer than a lot of people realize. I mean, this was back in her early, early, early days. Billy Idol's on here as well, dancing with myself. And I was watching the big TV the other night, and um, what do you know? But he's now shilling for Bank of America. Is he really? I missed that commercial with, with the song "More, More, More." No, that would be. Um... Rebel yell. You get you get these three knobs at a desk talking to Billy about the more, more, more services you get at Bank of America. Billy, you're a genius. Thank you. Yes, now qualified Bank of America customers can get more, more, more with our preferred rewards program. I don't think Bank of America realizes there couldn't be anything more different between the more, more, more Billy Idol's Rebel Yell was screaming about and discounts on your financial services <laughs> at a multinational bank. Well, if he, as the business guy, and this is your um, assessment of the situation, I'll, I'll go with you. Um, it just shows you that anybody will hire anyone to shill for anything these days. I mean, Billy Idol, hardcore punk with nasty heroin habit that lasted many, many years. So you have him shilling for your bank? Okay. One of my favorite interviews was one that was done here for Geeks and Beats, um, where Billy had talked to the big show about uh, his new uh, autobiography and how he had to write it all down before he forgot it all. Yeah, that's right, because he, he, he went through some pretty inarticulate times through the 80s and 90s, yes. And he, he got himself into a really bad motorcycle accident that nearly killed him. And I think that's the thing that's straightened about that straighten about is because often you get someone who finds themselves in an accident like that. They end up getting hooked on painkillers, and it's just a, a terrible scene. Apparently not with Billy. I think it actually went the other way with him. Oh, he, he had done so many drugs <laughs> that actually doing painkillers got him off the drugs. Well, here, here's the situation. This happened with Anthony Kiedis at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He got into a motorcycle accident as well, and they couldn't give him any painkillers. They couldn't give him any opiates because he was a hardcore heroin user, and he was trying to kick it. So any opiates would have helped him relapse. So he had to just tough it out through the pain. Wow. Yeah, it's ugly. So go to geeksandbeats.com and check out the Geek Beak Picks of the Week. And this week, uh, Shane Alexander looking at uh, uh, the Mean Girls soundtrack. I, I see, I went to an all-boys high school. I never had this Mean Girls experience. Oh, I did. I started in about grade eight and continued all the way through the end of university. <laughs> I did not do well. <laughs> See, and this is why I chose all boys schools. Yes, yes. Um, can we talk uh, briefly? This is not on the lineup, but I want to mention it. I was uh, I went to see The Martian yesterday on uh, on Saturday. Oh, I hear it's getting great reviews. It's it's good. It's a very technical movie. It's a very geeky movie, and it's it, it looks beautiful. And we saw it in 3D, so the 3D effects are, are, are really good. But one of the things that they ran before was a trailer for Back to the Future. Because, as we all know, Back to the Future Day is coming up, October 15th, 2015. And there is going to be a re-release of Back to the Future. Um, a lot of the theaters across Canada are going to show one and two on October the 15th. And then uh, later in the month, one, two, and three, there's going to be the uh, the marathon. Well, that means you've got to race to the mall and get yourself some day glow and shiny outfits quick. Quick, yeah. And uh, pick up a hover, hoverboard on your way over. 
Oh, wait. We don't have one of those yet. Not a real proper one. Well, Lexus says they're working on one, mm. except you need a, a special platform. It needs to be actually metallicized to be able to hover. Yeah, and I think that uh, we quite we haven't really evolved uh, low-resistance ceramics to the point where we can create these things, so forget it. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We have a winner of the Track Dot Luggage Tracer. Oh, is it this week? Oh, that's right. You know, we, we've been giving away stuff. Okay, good. I, I lost track. Well, we had an extra week in the month of September, and the usual deal is is we spend the, the one particular month giving something away. And the only way you could actually win this fantastic track dot luggage tracer, which is about the size of a of an original iPod, you stick in your, your bag, and when the thing lands at the destination, it pings a cell tower because they have roaming agreements with everyone, and they uh, beam to your phone the coordinates so that if you and your... Uh, bag or not in the same location, you know something's wrong, but at least you know where it is. And the only way you could have won it is if you were a member of the World's Worst Intern Program. On the big show, uh, you pay us to work on the show. Uh, You don't actually do anything to contribute to the show itself. And for that $1 donation, we throw a raffle ticket into the virtual bin. And Rob Frimmer won this time around. How much did it cost him? It cost him five bucks. Not bad. Not bad at all for a $250 device. Okay, so that's a pretty good return. Nice going there, Rob. Yeah. Uh, he's, his current pledge is $2 with a total lifetime support of 18 bucks. So that's nine episodes of the show. So every time we, we put out an episode, we'll ding you for the dollar or the $2 or the $10, whatever you want, uh, to support the show with. And you can set that lifetime limit so we don't jack up your credit card to the max. Now, now we've given away the Track Dot Luggage Tracer, and we want to thank Eeks and Beats Gadget Ninja Aaron Lawrence and Track Dot for that. We've got something else to give away. Now, now, you've got these parrot headphones. Oh, these parrot, things are sweet. What's, uh, okay, so I'm looking at them. $400? And they are excellent. Parrot is also the company behind the Flower Power, which is that uh, uh, little uh, flower pot monitor that uh, pings your phone when you need to uh, either move it into the light or or uh, refresh some of the water in, in the pot. But also, they do the drones, the AR drones and the Bebop drones, and they sent me a bunch of those. We'll check those out as well as, as the month goes on. But the Zik 2.0 headphones are incredible. They've got touch-sensitive pads on the exterior so that you just slide your finger up and down your ear to turn the volume up and down or left and right to change the tracks. Okay. It's got an app for it as well so that you can change the the mode in it, give it a more uh, orchestral sound if you want. It accommodates for the noise that it's hearing with street mode. Uh, It will uh, remove passive isolation effects to increase your perception of the environment around you. Wait a second. It says... It says here it has a head sensor in the ear cushion, which automatically detects if you are wearing the headphones. Right. So when you take the headphones off, it turns the music off. And when you put the headphones on, it just starts playing again. Oh, do they sound good? They're incredible. And you can tweak the EQ on it with your phone. No problem whatsoever. So if you would like to win, we are over the course of the next month going to be giving this away. And the only way you can win this incredible $400 pair of of headphones, or cans as we call them in the business, right? Well, you do. I don't. That's old fashioned, but okay. (laughs) Not not anymore. Not anymore. But um, you can win them by being a member of the World's Worst Intern Program. And it's 400 bucks. So if you want... 
a real good chance of winning these for $100, put in a $100 donation. You can make it a one-time, you can make it whatever you want, and that puts 100 raffle tickets in your name into the bin. I'm just looking at the features here. To place a call, hold your finger on the touch-sensitive panel to activate the voice recognition on your smartphone. To answer calls, tap the touch-sensitive panel to answer. And so you're, you're tapping your, your the earpiece, I guess, right? Exactly. To hold to reject a call, hold your finger for two seconds on the touch-sensitive panel to reject a call. A Dutch, uh, to adjust the volume, you like you mentioned, swipe your finger up and down. Text-to-speech for caller ID noise reduction. Right. It'll actually speak to you who's calling you while you're listening to music. Oh, this is really cool. These are really nice headphones, and they're wireless, and they're Bluetooth, so this will work whether you want it with your phone or with your media center, all of that kind of thing. Well, this is because they're wireless, this is really good for um, the winter season because you're going to be wearing a big bulky coat. And you'll be able to put your iPhone or your Android Android device in your pocket, and you won't have to worry about sneaking the cord up. Mm-hmm. And uh, if these things sound as good as you say they sound, this could be, re- you know, I'm, I may need a pair of these to, to walk the dog in the wintertime. I think you just might. Yeah, because look how big they are. They keep your ears warm, too. So if you go to geeksandbeats.com and click on the support the show link, it'll send you off to being a either a co-producer for 25 bucks a month, where we talk about you, as we did last week uh, with the uh, Satanist running for U.S. Congress, who figured this would be an excellent way to get the word out. <laughs> well, and we did very well for him, didn't we? Yeah, he was quite happy. Um, and alternatively, just the $1 donation, that's one buck per raffle ticket. Um, we have to point out as well that we are using the Patreon system, and Patreon was recently hacked. Yeah, I saw this, and I got that funny feeling in the pit of my stomach that, uh, that oh, God. Now, the good news is, is that despite the fact that the entire user database was sucked off the Patreon site... The passwords were not included in that, nor were your credit card numbers. And so the only thing they could really have gotten out of you was your email address and your mailing address. And nobody so far has given us their mailing address through Patreon anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, So while as much as you might be concerned about supporting the big show with this, um, we've got the confidence that Patreon has managed to figure it out. They know what the problem is. They've fixed that problem. And because they were smart enough in the first place to not put the usernames and your credit card numbers in the same file, everything's going to be okay. It's not an Ashley Madison level hack. No, 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 not at all. Speaking of Ashley Madison, though, we got a Geeks and Beats update on uh, Princess Leia's bikini. <laughs> this is the one that I never really understood. What is there not to understand about the slave Princess Leia dress okay. that sold at auction for $96,000, 16 grand over the expected asking price? So that's 96000 US. What are you going to do with this? First of all, let me back up just a second. First, who bought it and why and what are you going to do with it? They won't tell us. Top secret. You don't spend a hundred grand on some used lingerie <laughs> <laughs> to 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 not publicize it. I mean, <laughs> unless you're some sort of you know weirdo rich guy that has a, a role on Mr. Robot that then you're going to dress your girlfriend in the thing. I, yeah, chances are you're not going to dress your girlfriend in the thing considering the quality of the costume itself. But it did come complete with a collar and several links in the chain that Leia had used to strangle Jabba the Hutt. What? <laughs> okay. So, de- de- depending on your predilections. What species was Jabba the Hutt? He was Hutt, wasn't he? Or was, was that the... I don't know. I think Hutt was actually the name of the... Um, 
of the family, like uh, a mafia dawn kind of thing. What no, species is Jabba the Hutt? I'm looking this up. Okay. Not well, only do... Oh, he, he is a hut. <laughs> okay. Uh, so hut is actually a species? The huts... Oh, no, he is a hut. Okay, so the huts are a fictional alien race in the Star Wars universe. Are, are you on Wookiepedia? Uh, no, I, I, I went past to... Because Wookiepedia is the best way to go. Okay, well, I'll just uh, go back <laughs> and then go to, uh, yeah, a sentient species of large gastropods with short arms, wide cavernous mouths, and huge eyes who control a large space empire in hut space. Well, th thanks for updating us on from that. From the planet Varl. <laughs> Geeks and Beats update on your new iPhone 6S. Did you know it's nearly waterproof? I saw that. I'm not going to test it, but... Uh, that was a neat little feature that Apple slipped in with the 6S. Didn't tell anybody, probably nope. to avoid any kind of, uh, you know, class action lawsuits for people who decided to test it. But it's, it's nice. I always worry about my, my iPhone in the rain or, or, or places where it might get a little bit damp. And I'm, I'm glad to see that they've done something about this. What they've done, instead of making it waterproof from the outside in, they've made it waterproof from the inside out. There is a strip of adhesive that lines the case. The real water resistance, according to iFixit.com and Wired Magazine, is a silicone seal that protects the iPhone's logic board and the connectors themselves. So while parts of the phone will get wet, the parts that don't have the ability to turn themselves off when they short are secure. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. I, I do have a silicon case on mine because I do drop mine. I don't bother with a case for multiple reasons. We've talked about the fact that I think that when you put a case on your phone, you are more likely to drop it because you think that it's safer. But I actually had one of the nerds at the Apple store tell me one day when I asked him, which one protects my phone the most? He said, oh, none of these. No, no, no case is going to protect your screen if you drop it. Yeah, it's going to crack. Oh, well, forget that. It then. will crack. So, But I this one... The silicon, I'm holding it now, the silicon one does give me um, uh, a, a better grip. I have larger hands than you, though. <laughs> yes, you've got paws. Yes. You're also about a foot and a half taller than me. And you've got your, your delicate girly hands. I have my delicate girly hands, which is why I prefer the original iPhone. <laughs> yeah, because it fits so well. Ever wanted to be a Big Shot co-producer? It's just like Hollywood. Visit geeksandbeats.com to learn how you can pad your resume with an exciting show credit. We'll even send you the album cover of your episode, suitable for framing in your parents' basement. What's this about selfies killing off passwords within five years? It's a popular pastime, and people in Seoul claim to be the founding mothers and fathers of the selfie. I bought a selfie stick and use it when I'm out with my girlfriend. I want the background to be included when we go out to tourist attractions, so I use a selfie stick, which can frame a bigger picture. I always take a selfie when I look good, when my makeup or clothes look good, and I'm going out. I don't have a stick, but I think it's cool. Here in Korea, this global pastime is facing a crackdown. My wife forwarded this to me. I'm not really sure. I'm not a big fan of selfies. I think I've taken three in my life. I didn't think I was a big fan of selfies until I upgraded my iPhone to iOS 9, and it goes through your entire photo library and creates a new folder titled Selfies. And that folder specifically um, looks at whether or not it was a front-facing camera and whether or not there's a face in it. And if so, it puts it in the selfies category, and I have like 1,200 of them. Really? Let me just look at that. It's like me and my daughter, me and my wife, me and a dog, that kind of thing. Oh, collections. Where would I find it? How do I get it? It's under albums. 
Uh, albums. See, if you haven't taken any selfies, they won't have that folder. Oh, no, I've got 17. See? Yeah, you know what? Okay, so I've taken... You vain son of a... Uh, okay, there's me at the Great Wall of China. There's me at the Forbidden City. There's me... Where am I here? Yeah, most of mine are me on my couch. There's me with a kangaroo. There's me with my friend Andrea. There's me at uh, Las Vegas. Okay. All right, that's kind of interesting. But according to MasterCard and the London Telegraph, MasterCard started rolling out new technology that could allow you to make purchases online by taking a selfie instead of entering a password. That does make sense. I mean, it's kind of like the iris scan, right? Right, but the difference between an iris scan and this is that you would have to gouge out somebody else's eyeball. What's, well, why not just basically hold up a photo of that person to the selfie-taking camera to get around it. Makes sense to me. So then here we go. Even though passwords can be easily forgotten, printing off a photo of somebody is a heck of a lot easier than trying to hack their password. See, this is a credit card company that's talking about this, so maybe they know something that we don't. Well, I don't know about that, because when the little chips entered all of our Visa cards and debit cards, we were told that the pin and chip system was totally secure, and we knew within a year that it was not. And that was a year within it being rolled out in the United States, and it came to Canada two years later even though it was still insecure and I had my Scotiabank card hacked four times thanks to a skimmer at a local McDonald's. Really? Yeah, four times in the span of three months. I thought it was I thought it was much, much more uh, secure than that. Oh, great. Now I'm paranoid. Way to go. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. According to a survey of 10,000 people commissioned by MasterCard and conducted by Norstat, 53% of shoppers forget crucial passwords more than once a week, losing on average 10 minutes when they reset their accounts. Yeah, I believe that because I had a problem with uh, updating my iOS and it wiped out all my passwords, my safe passwords in my browsers. So I had to go back and, you know, forgot password, forgot password, forgot password, and finally uh, get all... uh, There's still one thing that I can't can't access because I don't remember what password I used for it, and that's for my WordPress app on my phone. Well, regardless as to whether you're using an iOS device or an Android device, both of them have password vault type features built in that synchronize amongst all of your devices. So between your Macs and your iPhones and your iPads, anytime you enter a password, if you hit save that password, it should save it for everything. There are even apps like One Password, which uses the thumb uh, fingerprint reader and will pop up whenever you've got a password and you just, you know, Tap your thumb. Well, I know that now, but now I, I, how do I get back into my WordPress app? Well, you have to hit the forgot this password option. Well, well it doesn't work that well. You know what? That's a very, that's Hang quite on. a... Okay, that's, I'm going to try it here. Hang on. I'm going to just do it. I can understand why MasterCard would be very focused on the password problem. They report that based upon that survey by Norstat, that more than half of people who forget their password drop the transaction by the time they reach the payment page. One of the reasons is they find it inconvenient having to remember a password. So if you can eliminate passwords from your life altogether, then you're in a much better place. Oh, I, again, I went installing installing Windows 10. I was having the same issue because apparently at some point way back in the day, I created a Microsoft uh, 365 account. Oh, yes, you have to do that. Did I? I guess. Well, here, here's the neat thing about the new Windows 10, which was actually available in Windows 8 and Windows 7 as well to a lesser degree, is because you now log in with a Microsoft Live account on the new Microsoft operating system, it takes your settings and stores them in the cloud. So no matter what Windows 10 box you sit in front of, if you enter your Microsoft Live user ID and password, it will automatically 
pull down those settings, put them on that local PC so that you can access your email, your favorites, all of that kind of stuff. Well, that's fine. I have one PC, which sits in my office, and the rest of my machines are Macs. Which music tribe do you belong to? Oh, this is the... Um Spotify thing. I really enjoy... No, this is the Vivo thing. One of the interesting things that a lot of these online services are doing is that they're crunching all the data that they get as people access them and then reporting back to us what they found. So Vivo is a service that's owned by the record companies. It's basically their channel on YouTube. And uh, they they created it as a way to to monetize people mm-hmm. watching videos online, and uh, what they they get about a ten billion views a month in the United wow. States alone, so that's a yeah. lot of data that they can parse. And they came they discovered um, well they put everything in a, into into a report called the twenty fifteen Music Fan Report, and they were able to classify fans into four different tribes. And here are the tribes. The first are the talent scouts. These are the people who consider themselves tastemakers and trendsetters. They're always looking for what's newest and what's coolest. Then we have front row fans, which they see uh, music as a reflection of pop culture and a means to share and engage. So they are huge fans and they know what they like and they like to share whatever it is that they find. Then we have crowd surfers. Uh, which are people who ingest music constantly throughout the day. It doesn't really matter what it is. They just have to have some sort of music happening. And then there are soloists, number four, who have a deep personal connection to their favorite music, which means they will dig very, very deep into what it is that they like and and focus on a particular artist, a particular genre or whatever, and, and follow that to the ends of the earth until they've exhausted everything and then move on to something else. So talent scouts, front row fans, crowd servers, and soloists. I would consider myself, I guess, to be a talent scout. But that's more or less because it's what I do for a living, right? It's, it's your day job, exactly. Yeah, so what are you? I, I don't like this survey as much as the one that was done, uh, reported by the Daily Mail, because I, I don't fall into either of those four, any of those four categories. I'm not. A, well, keep in mind that these are these are categories that are uh, that for, for people who use Vivo. So if you don't go to Vivo and you have to define yourself as a music fan right. as well. And, and I don't really get any new music entering my earballs unless it's, you know, the, the last thing on a late night talk show before my my preferred talk show. Comes right. On. OK. So which, uh, where are you going with this? Well, I was going to say that I suppose the most likely for me is soloist because I'm sort of stuck in the 80s and 90s with a lot of my musical selection. Ah, dancing with yourself. Okay, sure. Does your smartphone choice give away your sexual preference? Let me guess. This is from the Daily Mail? Yep. Uh, this is Pornhub, which is one of the biggest adult websites in the world. No, is this a Pornhub? St- oh. When you um, surf an adult site, or any site for that matter, using any device, the browser that you're using reports to the server what the device is. And there's a lot of technical and valid reasons why that would be. But one of the other things that gets sent along is whether or not you're on an iOS device or an Android device. Oh, so if you're on a desktop or you're on a mobile device. Uh, the mobile device being Android or iOS or other mobile or, or what have you. And the uh, Android users tend to spend more time on this adult websites by about 
two and a half minutes than <laughs> iOS users at an average of eight minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. That's interesting. Which makes you wonder what's going on in your world where, you know what? I've got eight minutes and 40 seconds to burn. I think I'll look at pornography. Um, I refer you back to dancing with myself. Um, hey, 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 hey. The states with the highest Android traffic, South Carolina, Texas, and Michigan. States with the highest iOS traffic, Vermont, Hawaii, and New Hampshire. Now, let's just go back here. Average time spent per visit. So if you're looking at Pornhub on an Android device, you spend an average of 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Yes. On an iOS device, you spend an average of 8 minutes and 40 seconds. Us iOS guys are more efficient, I think, is what it is. I guess <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And then other mobile devices, 11 minutes and 6 seconds. Well, that's because your connectivity isn't very good and your page refreshes are a bit slow. That's the only explanation I can think of. Now, because uh, you're... Wait, no, no, hang on. I'm parsing oh, this. Oh, I'm parsing oh, oh, oh. this. All right. Okay. Average paces, pages viewed per visit. Android, 10.9 pages. Uh, iOS, 9.8 pages. Again, you, you alluded to efficiency. So there you have it. And get it done in fewer pages. And then the states with the highest traffic, uh, South Carolina... And this is oh, this is Android traffic. Yes. Okay, I see. Interestingly enough, you rewind the clock five years, and a smartphone accounted for just twelve percent of the overall traffic on this adult website. Today, it's sixty-three percent. It's all tablets. I guarantee you, it's all tablets. Two out of three visitors are on a mobile device when accessing this. And perhaps, most interestingly enough, because the browser reports what device you're using, depending on. While you're choosing your particular video, iPhone users apparently prefer bondage and Android users prefer cartoon sex. Ew. This tells you a lot about Android users. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was judged. I was judgmental there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be judgmental. Different strokes for different folks, my friend. <laughs> exactly. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.